mission, I'ma get it. You know I be on the way. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fight Against Mediocrity podcast. I have a very special guest, Josh Forty, today. Welcome to the show, dude. What's up, man? Thank you for having me. Be, yeah, of course. Good. So, I uh, ran into you at the halls at Funnel Hacking Live. You're a multiple two comma club award winner, like an absolute stud, and uh, wanted to say hi and also see if I could get you on the podcast. So, very excited for this. Um, and one of the things that I'm most excited about is the business side is fun to talk about. But um, you meant you talk a lot about Christ, you talk a lot about family, and you yep. talk a lot about true freedom, which are yep. things that um, I love to learn about. So yep. just so the listeners can get some background on you, tell us about how you how and why you started out on your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, um, I do. I judge, I love I love Jesus. I love the conversation of uh, freedom. Um, business is obviously a big player in that. I don't think you can operate very well in the, in the physical world, uh, and have freedom if you don't have at least entrepreneurial tendencies. Right. So, um, I, uh, I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere, Indiana. Uh, I moved there when I was 10. So I, I actually lived in the suburbs of LA before that. Um, but I don't really remember that a whole lot. So at age 11, we moved out to a farm in Indiana, um, seven siblings. So eight of us, total kids, uh, homeschooled, pretty religious family growing up um, and just a, a very small world. And I don't say that like negatively, it was just, it was just a small world, right? Like I was homeschooled on a farm and my, you know, my friends were people that, I, you know, my church, right. And everybody in the church had big, big, large homeschool families. Um, and so I always knew, like I, I had the pain of a lot of just every decision that we made in our life really revolved around lack of money. Um, and not that we were like, you know, we weren't like homeless. Right. And like, it's not like we were like, you know, going to like go not have food to eat, but like every single decision, whether we could go do something or where, or like what we did was like, do we have the money? Do we have the money? My dad drove a truck. Right. And was like gone a lot, a lot of the time. Right. Like for long periods of time. And like, my dad just wanted to be home. Like he loved his family and like loved the thing. It was just like lack of money though, right? It was like always, every decision was driven by that. And so from a young age, I knew that I wanted more um, and that I wanted, like, I needed to figure out the money game, like, you know, as an entrepreneur. And so that's what really drove me into the game of just entrepreneurship in general. I had no idea what that meant. Um, long story short though, I tried and failed at a bunch of things, but I ended up finding the social media game. Um, and it was, you know, a combination of stupidly amounts of hard work, right? I, I like to say I'm pretty dumb, right? I, I I don't have a lot of skills. I don't have a lot of talents or anything. I, I don't have connections or money or this, but I will, I do work really, really, really hard, right? Um, and so I have that going for me. So I found Instagram and it was kind of like the right place, right time where the Instagram trend was kind of blowing up. And so uh, I rode that up and I had a business partner that I partnered up with for a little bit. And we grew about 10 million followers or so. Um, set about 7 million or so on Instagram together. Um, and that was like my first taste of, oh my gosh, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Like I work for myself and I like make five grand a month. Whoop-de-doo, right? Like let's do this thing, right? Um, and so I got into that, had you know a big network with that, 100 million followers or so that we were part of the, like the network for and, and did some really cool stuff. Um, but once again, wasn't making that much money and had less freedom than when I had a job right? From the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed, like it was, I'm on my phone, right? I'm on my phone in front of a computer 12, 16, 18 hours a day. Um, and so long story short, like ha had a lot of success in that from a, from just a recognition standpoint and all of that, but then found the ClickFunnels world, found Russell, learned about funnels, learned about marketing. Um, and that's when I really started to make some serious money and got into that whole, uh, whole game of personal branding funnels, that whole world. Um, and went through, went through a lot, um, learned a ton, a lot of hard work. And we had an agency about 70, 80 grand a month or so, probably, uh, what we were doing. Um, and that was probably four years ago now. Uh, and my brother died in a helicopter crash. Uh, I'm the second oldest. So I had one older brother. Um, and he left behind like a pregnant wife and a five-year-old son. And so when that, when that happens, like, you know, in life, I think as entrepreneurs, we, we think we know what we want. We think we know what matters, especially if you're coming from a place of like pain, right. And you're coming from a place of like, I got to prove all these people wrong. I got to go get rich. I got to go make money and all that. But when that happened, it really uh, brought my life to a grinding halt. 
Um, and entrepreneurship had become my religion. I kind of had left the church. I had left, you know, all of that kind of was like, I'm going to go figure this out. I'm going to kind of do my own thing. So when that happened, I had just started a podcast called Think Different Theory. And um, I shut down my business. I sold everything, like took all of it. My wife and I traveled around the world just to like go process what had just happened, right? Um, and just like be like, what what is... All I wanted was a $100 million company. And now I don't even know if I want to make money anymore, right? Like what's going on, right? Um, and so while we were overseas, I know this is long, but I promise I have a point with all this. Oh, while we were overseas, um, my wife got sick with an intestinal eating parasite. And you might be like, what the frick is that? Good question. I had no idea either. But basically when we were over in the Philippines and we're talking like, we're in the middle of absolutely nowhere. When I say like, we like went to go process the world. I'm like, we took like a propeller plane to a dirt runway and then like a bus four hours in the middle of nowhere. And like, that's where she ends up getting this parasite yeah. where like, she's so sick. She can't sit up. She can't function. She can't think like she can't carry anything. I take her to the ER over there. And the bed is a piece of plywood with like a inch foam mat. There's like ants crawling up the wall. There's no toilet seat. The doctor walks in and flip flops, right? And is like, we got to give her this needle. And I'm like, the hell you do, right? Like, you know what I mean? I'm like freaking out. So I went from that and like, I love my wife, right? I love her to death. And so like money, my wife, like I'm going to take care of my wife. It took like, it cost me like 40 grand to get her home. Um, we had to buy like, you know, same day emergency flights back, you know, this. And so I went from having a fair amount of money coming in, a good amount of money saved up, a lot of momentum, exposure, recognition, right? In the social media space or whatever, nine months before to like living for a week over Christmas in my, she was only my girlfriend at the time. We weren't even married, but like wife now, but like living in her mom's basement and having like eight grand left. Thanks. And I'm like, what the frick? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, how did I get right here? And it was like, it sucked. It was like probably the lowest point, the most confused, the darkest, a moment of my life um, there. And so I say that to basically be like, I think as entrepreneurs, we go through these highs and we go through these lows, right? We go through these, you know, these changes that like go and mold and shape us. And for me, I always thought as an entrepreneur, like the things that would shape me the most are my experiences in entrepreneurship. And I think for me, it has been that entrepreneurship has allowed things in my life that have shaped me, right? And this was one of those scenarios where I didn't know what to do. And so I hired a coach. And I did the crazy, I mean, to this day, everyone says the craziest decision I've ever made. Um, I had eight grand and I went and hired a $60,000 mindset coach. I did not have the money for her. And I told her that. And I, she was like, I'm like, I need you. And she's like, I'm 60 grand. And I'm like crying. And I'm like, I have five. I will give you five for the first payment. And she's like, okay. And so like, I literally put down 5,000. I owed her 5,000 in 30 days and I had three grand left. And I'm like, let's go and let's, let's do this thing, right? Like I've got to figure this out. And I will never forget, this is kind of like, the crescendo of all of this. Um, the very first call that we had, I get on the phone with her. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna tell you all this thing. I don't know what to do. She's like, I'm never gonna tell you what to do. I'm never gonna tell you how to do it. And I'm like, I just paid you $60,000, right? But I go through and I like tell her for like 45 minutes, I just tell her every problem in my life, right? All of them, you know, my financial problem, the business thing, and my relationship, this, like all the things that are wrong. And after 45 minutes or so, she was listening and I got done and she looked at me and she goes, are you done? And I'm like, I think so. And I'll never forget. She goes, Josh 40, who are you? And I was like, what the frick? Like, I didn't even know, <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't even know that what she meant by that, but like that one question changed my entire life. And we spent the next, I mean, I worked with her for about a year and a half. Um, but we spent the next like four months of my life, just figuring out that one question, um, of like, who actually am I? Like what, do I want what defines me, right? How do I see myself? How do, like, you know what I mean? All those things. Yeah. And when we talk about entrepreneurship, you know, I went on like four months later, I had my first $100,000 day, right? And then I went and had, you know, the podcast go up to a million and a half downloads. And, you know, we've done millions of dollars now, helped our clients do all this stuff or whatever. But like none of that happened until I figured out that question. And as entrepreneurs, I think we crave freedom and we we get into this game of entrepreneurship and of of whatever business and money and like all of this, because we are searching for something. I had no idea what that was. I thought I was searching for money and success. That's what I thought. Right. And I don't think that was necessarily a bad thing. Right. But what I found was that those things did not answer the core question. And I just got lucky enough. I mean, it was truly by the grace of God that like 
you know, I say that, that I ended up in that position where I hired this woman who helped me get to that point, right? But if we can't answer that question of who we are, I don't think we're ever going to be free, right? I don't think you ever, I, I don't think I would have ever had found the freedom of the, the of what I was searching for. And so that that one conversation, that that experience led me to go down a path that led me back to God and inevitably Jesus, that led me to getting married to my wife, that led me to building the business that I have now, the relationships that I have now, pretty much every single decision, because now I can confidently look at someone. More importantly, I can look at myself in the mirror and I know who I am, right? And I make decisions from that place. And so that's a little, I don't know if that's what you were looking for. I know that was kind of a long-winded answer, but uh, that's that's my a little bit of my story. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, good. Dang, that's crazy. So I have some follow-up questions. Um, first of all, <clears throat> you said your story is so fascinating. Um, you had every reason to not be an entrepreneur, right? Mm. Like grew up on a farm in the middle of Indiana, not knowing anything about this, but I love what you said. Like, wasn't very smart, but just worked freaking hard. And I have a phrase yeah. that I always say, like dumb enough to try, because when you're starting off as an entrepreneur, like you just have to be dumb enough to try. Yeah. Um, most people won't. And you said you tried a few things that failed. What were those early days like? Like what was like the yeah. first couple of businesses? Did they fail? What was what were those early days like? That's a great question. Um, I mean, my first business was like selling chocolate chip cookies and lemonade on the side of the road, right? Like I sold lemonade at a lemonade stand and then winter came and I figured that people wouldn't buy lemonade in the wintertime. So I sold a chocolate and chocolate chip cookies and in the wintertime and I would go and do that. Uh, and then I had a bread business where I, I learned how to make bread from scratch. And so I like went door to door and like did that. But the actual first business that I tried to do um, is I started a hay business um, and with my neighbor. And I, we went out there, we lived in a, a very Amish heavy community, um, a lot of farmers and stuff out there, whatever, but you know, the Amish don't, they don't use a lot of power equipment or tools. Right. And so we would just do, do hay for them and we would go make all their hay and bale it and all that. And long story short with that, we actually had a little bit of traction, but the, the guy I went into business with, he was just my neighbor and like, you're on a farm. It's a handshake deal, right? It's like, yeah, you, you're not this, there's no paperwork. There's whatever his wife divorced him. And I'm not kidding. I went, it, there's three seasons of, or there's three cuts of hay every season. You cut the hay three times, right? And so we had cut the the second time. So we had, you know, a one left. We parked all the equipment on a Friday and then it would like rained all day Saturday. And I got a call Sunday morning from my neighbor and he was like, uh, hey, come over. And I'm like, okay. So I like went over to his house. He's like two doors down, right? And like all the equipment was gone, like everything. And I'm like, what the frick, what's going on? And his wife had sold all the equipment, divorced him, took all the money and left. And like, there was no document. Like I had no, like, you know what I mean? Like I had no legal right to that, right? And so that business failed. Uh, and then the second business was I tried uh, actually helping my dad. Like we started, a, we had 22 acres out there and we did strawberries. Uh, we, we planted 20,000 strawberry plants. Um, and that was kind of like the whole thing. I, I probably planted eight, eight or 9,000 strawberry plants by myself one summer. And I like took all my savings. I lived off of savings while I helped him, you know, kind of put everything into that. My dad like tried to fund it, but he was driving the truck because he wasn't there, but I was, you know, trying to get it all. And we did everything right, except for we, the water that we were using, we didn't test it for one thing that was in it. And so we did all this thing, did the whole entire thing and all the plants came in and none of them produced any fruit because one of the minerals in the water didn't get filtered. And so that was like a whole nother year. And I went from like down to like 500 bucks and like living with my parents again. I'm like, okay, well, this sucks. So it was like a lot of just that. And it was a lot of me just being like, this is sucks. And then went to college, uh, started, got one semester in and was like, screw this. Absolutely not. Quit that halfway through the first semester. Um, and then got an entrepreneurship, you know, like I waited tables and worked intern at a radio station for a while to pay for it. Um, but like I tried selling affiliate products. I tried doing network marketing. I didn't even know it was network marketing. I didn't know what that was. Right. Someone's like, yeah. there's this thing and you can like sell it, make money. And I'm like done. Right. Like, let's do this. Um, and so I don't know, it was just like, it was just like things like that. And I paid for, you know, I paid for it by sales jobs and waiting tables and, you know, worked, I worked night shift at a hardware, at a hardware factory, hardware store factory, right. Like a distribution center, uh, until I found Instagram. And then Instagram was the first thing that like really took off. Why didn't you quit? Because there, there was no other option, dude. Like, it was so crazy. Like, it's so funny. I, I mentioned this to you right beforehand. Like, I get around other people that are like, oh, the money game. Like, I want to figure this out or whatever. I was like, no, you don't. 
you don't want to figure this out. Like I would, I would know if you, they're like, well, how did you figure it out? I was like, cause before four years of my life, probably way longer than that. But for four years of my life, like every waking moment, every single waking moment of my life from the moment I woke up for the moment I went to bed, it was like, how the frick do I make money? Like, how am I going to go get rich? How am I going to go get free? How am I going to go and get out of this? This I have to, like, I cannot be broke for four years. Like every single, there was no other option. Like there was not a reality where I ended up in life broke. So when people are like, why didn't you quit? I'm like, because I would have rather died. Like there was no other option in my mind, right? And when you're like that committed to something, right? Like you figure it out and it might take forever. But like there was not, there wasn't a single time in my life. Like I remember I got offered a job where I was told, uh, it was like, it was a sales job, right? Where I was told, hey, if you work really hard and like, you to do your thing. I didn't have to go to college for it. Like they were like, cool, you don't even have to have a degree or whatever. But if you work really, really hard in about four or five years from now, like you could make six figures and like take home. And like at the time I'm making like 20,000, right? And like, I just remember looking at them and being like six figures. Like, I don't want to be poor, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, I'm going to work for four years to get to six figures and then what, right? Yeah. And so there just wasn't another option. And I think that, I think for most people, and this is one of the things that Katie, like my coach, she helped me realize like after the fact, because like once I got money, dude, like once I had a level of freedom, like I remember when I had my first hundred thousand dollar day, it was like the first time I like had some serious, like, like I actually had like liquid cash. Right. And I remember we moved out to Colorado and I like got a new car, like got, got the Jeep, got my wife, the Jeep, whatever. We moved in the sweet apartment, got this sick ocean, or I mean, sick uh, mountain view, corner unit, right, or whatever. And like, I just remember standing there and like sitting, standing in the room, it was vacant, it was just me. And I remember being like, awesome. Now I have all this to lose, right? And so like, I remember just like, I would get comfortable and I was, I was like worried about like, crap, now I've got to protect this all. And I like went into this mode of like, protection rather than focus on the future. And when, I, when that happened, it was like my mind shifted and it wasn't good, right? It was like, you go into like this preservation mode. And it's like, if you don't know where you're going, like you don't know what you want and you don't not willing to cut off every other option for it, you're not going to get very far. Right. And so it's like the process of like, just knowing 100%, like my only goal in life, I was singularly focused. No other option was do not be broke nothing else in the world mattered right and like when yeah. you have that level of commitment you don't quit yeah. i'd way too many people were wrong <laughs> yeah no totally and the reason i ask is because you all know, know the stats of so many small businesses fail in the first year and everyone says like well it's because of this or this or this it's really because um most people don't have that no other option mentality yeah. right like I talked to so many business owners and as soon as it get, gets hard, they're like, oh man, I guess it's not supposed to work out. I'm like, this is when it starts is when it gets hard. So yep. I wanted to hear that from you because no entrepreneur is like, oh yeah, I tried it. First thing I tried worked perfect. It was easy. And like roses and rainbows, like it's always it's the worst possible thing that could happen to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, then you have a distorted reality. Yeah. So you said, um, who are you? Who are you? And I want to talk more about that because that was really pivotal for you. Um, I see this, man, I don't know if you see this as well, but it's almost like a theme in entrepreneurship. You know, you just got to make money, you make some money and then something happens. And then you're like, man, what does all this mean anyways? And then yep. when you have the money or you got some money, you're like, well, shoot, I thought it would make me happy. And then I wasn't actually happy. And, uh, man, I neglected some of the things that were really important to me, mainly probably being family, um, relationship with God and stuff like that. So talk me through how you figure out how you figured out who you were and what that means. Yeah. So I'll start by telling you who I am, which is like, I'm a child of God saved by him. I'm a servant of Jesus. I'm powerful. I'm uh, influential. I'm wealthy. I am free. Right. Like that period, end of story, like no external factors change that, right? Like I could be no money under a bridge, sick, whatever. It's like, doesn't matter. Child of God saved by him, servant of Jesus, right? I'm powerful. Yeah. And like the child of God saved by him, servant of Jesus came later um, when I actually found God in Jesus. Like I don't, like 
I, I want to be very clear, like to everybody out there that's like, I'm religious or I serve God. I'm like, cool. I don't, I serve Jesus. There's a difference. Right. And like, you can have your God, you can have like whatever it is or whatever, but there is like, I believe there's one God and his son is Jesus. And that is who we're here to serve and called. Right. So that came later. But what Katie taught me through this process of like the powerful, influential, wealthy, free, like those are beliefs. And when you have a belief and you truly believe something, you operate in that way. And so think about this for a second. Like, um, who is Tom Brady? Well, Tom Brady is a football player, right? And so like, he's going to do the things that football players do. But if you're not a football player, would you do the things that football players do? No, you wouldn't. Not because you didn't see yourself as a football player, right? So if you think you are powerless, would you operate as a powerful person would? No, you just wouldn't, right? So your external factors don't really get to determine how you are going to act, right? Your external factors only help to form belief. And so when Katie first asked me this question, I was like, I don't even know what you're asking me to do. I'm like so confused. She's like, I want you to pull out a piece of paper. She actually told me to drive the Target. I drove the Target. It was raining outside. And I like got in my Jeep. I drove the Target. And I bought a journal. I still have this journal to this day. I came back and I boxed her. And I was like, okay, I have my journal. And she's like, I want you to write down who you see yourself as. Like, what do you know about you? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a podcaster. I'm a Patriots fan. I'm a freaking, I don't know. Like, I just wrote down the most random stuff. I had no idea, like, what these things were, right? And she's like, cool. Like, this version of you, how you see yourself now, and there's positives and negatives, all of this, this has led you to this, like, to who you are here. And she's like, I need you to go into the future, right? Now, that's a whole different concept because she actually didn't say future. She said, I just want you this, but like the only way I could understand it at the time was future, but there is no such thing as time, but that's whole, that word, that's way meta. Okay. But going to the future and I want you to envision the person you want to become, like what, what life do you want? And then start by asking yourself what qualities and characteristics like those people have. And so when I started writing these things down and started like going through this process, I had a really, really hard time when I would write these things down, accepting that I was that person. Cause I'm like, Katie, I'm not that person. I'm not wealthy right? Like I don't have money. And so she's like, you've got to start understanding what these words mean, like identity and who you are and how you see yourself has no bearing on like external factors. They're because of that, not they don't define you. It's reversed, right? And so it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy for it. It's like, it's not raining outside because it's wet right? It's wet because it's raining outside, right? But a lot of times we look at it and we go, well, like it's raining outside and like it's wet because it's raining outside or vice versa, right? And so I had to go through this process of being like, wait a second, who am I? Like, how am I going to choose to operate? What are the things that define me? What are the things that in life that I'm going to choose to focus on and do and become over and over and over again, that if I continue to choose to live this way, are going to give me the life that I want to go and, and live, right? And so these things of power, like I'll just walk you through the four. These are very intentionally chosen in the order that they are, right? It's like powerful. I'm a powerful person. Why? Because like step one of being able to do anything in life requires what? Power, right? Like you have to have energy. You actually have to be, a, like if you want to move, do, accomplish, do anything, you want to speak, that requires power, right? And so it's like every decision I make from here on out comes from a place first to say, okay, wait a second, I am powerful. Therefore I have the power to change my life. I have the power to go and accomplish. Right. And then like, okay, powerful. Next one is I am influential. Was well, like, okay, wait a second. If I am powerful, power can be good. Power can be bad. Right. Well, I know for me as, as Josh, like I love people. I love being around people. I'm energized by them. I want to impact people. I want to go. I'm not someone that wants to be put in a box. Right. I want to be very, very influential. I believe I'm called to be influential. I believe I'm called to study this and understand this. So now my power, now my power is channeled. Right. And it says, like, if I want anything, I now know that like strangers have everything that I want. Right. Everything that I need. So if I have influence, now I can influence other people to do, become, have, achieve, whatever. Right. Same thing with wealth. It's like if I believe I am broke, Right. A Robert Kiyosaki is like the simplest concept in the world. It's not, I can't afford it. It's how can I afford it? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Right. So I'm like, there's nothing impossible with him. I get to tap into his power. I'm wealthy. Anything that I need. Right. If I'm powerful and I'm influential and I'm using those, then I have complete wealth because I know that wealth will follow power and influence. Right. So it's like those things. And then it's like, I am free. 
right? And that last concept there, it's interesting because I thought about putting it first or second or like whatever, right? It's like, I don't think we understand the concept of freedom in and of itself without some other objective or other reality, right? And so the concept of freedom for me is I'm, pow I'm powerful, I'm uh, influential, I'm wealthy, I am free means I have free choice to use these, these gifts, to use who I am as I see fit, right? To create the freedom in my life. I am not bound by another person, another belief, another man or whatever. I have the free will and choice of life, right? And so like when you walk through those four things, and as I started writing these things down and refining and testing, like it was like months of this, right? Like going in the mirror and writing these things down and like figuring out, does this work? Does this not? And testing it. And like, what's so fascinating is when I found Jesus, so I have a podcast called, well, it was Think Different Theory. Then we got sued by Apple because it was trademarked. Long story. Now it's called The Game of Influence, right? And so I almost named the, the show, the new name of the show instead of Game of Influence, I almost named it The Freedom Paradox, right? Because all I wanted to do in my life is be free. That's it. All I wanted to do is just be free. I want freedom to do whatever the frick I want. And what's crazy is like, I didn't find true freedom until I found Christ. I just didn't, right? And the craziest part was I had to have complete and utter what? Surrender. I had to give my life to Christ. And when I gave away all of my power, suddenly all of a sudden I had freedom, right? In my finances, I have to have insane discipline in order to be free in my finances, right? And so this concept of freedom means I have the freedom to go through and choose and use these how I see fit, but also that I am going to submit to who I've been called to be, which that I found Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's like how we got to that. Like that's how I got to that conclusion. I don't know if I've ever been asked to go through all that. That might've been the first time, but hopefully that, that analogy or that explanation made sense how I got there. No, that was incredible. And I think for me, one of the coolest things that you said was, um, if you have a belief and you truly believe it, then you'll operate in that way. hundred percent. I, I just never believed that. Like I just, I grew up in a world where money was lacking all the time. There was never enough money ever. Right. And so I have just brainwashed myself into believing that money is everywhere. And so I'm like, if I operate from the thing that wealth, like that I am wealthy, what do wealthy people do? How do wealthy people think? Do wealthy people spend their money stupidly? No. Wealthy people go and they create value in the world and money will follow. So if I'm wealthy and I think like a wealthy person, I operate as that, then the money will, will find it, right? Yeah. Same thing with true with child of God. That's the one part I do actually want to touch on because I do think it's important. Child of God saved by him, right? Like, and the servant of Jesus. The servant of Jesus, like I said, it came later. But I'm like, the world's a messed up place. It's abundant. I love it. I love life. I love it. I love people. I love this whole journey or whatever, right? But it's like, when you understand that there's a divine creator and when you understand that that person like loves you enough to like send down his son to like die for you and that you're saved, like you're saved. Like you don't need to do anything. Like that you love you, you're saved or whatever. You operate different. Like I was so, 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 so incredibly blessed to have a, a mother and father that stayed together and that loved me. Like my dad loves me. And I know that. Like my dad didn't have the money game figured out. My dad didn't have a lot of the games figured out. But my dad knew what it meant to be a good father, right? And I know what it means to like, and I know what it feels like to have the love of the father, right? And like, I got to experience that. And so when you know that, when you know that there is a heavenly father, when there is someone that is all powerful, all, you know, all this that loves you like that, that wants the best from you, you operate in totally differently. So that's why it's first. And then the servant of Jesus, once again, it's like there's lots of God figures in the world, right? I don't serve those gods. I serve Jesus, right? The king of the universe. And so it's like when you have those things and you operate out of that power, then it's like, okay, well, what did Jesus tell you to do? And then it's like, cool. Well, Jesus told me to be powerful, influential, wealthy, free, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, that's how that identity is created. So when people ask me what drives me, I'm like, it used to be pain. It used to be proving people wrong. It used to be insecurities. It used to be not feeling like I'm enough, right? It used to be all those things as I'm sure it is for a lot of entrepreneurs, but it's not that anymore. What drives me now is those characteristics because that is how I, who I am and how I choose to operate. So it doesn't matter if I have a billion dollars. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, if they, someone put a billion dollars into your account, what would you do with your life? And I'm like, I'd wake upstairs or wake up and go downstairs to my office. Like, well, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Like my life wouldn't change. I would just keep doing the thing, right? Yeah. And um, I was going to ask you, Oh man, it was such a good question. Well, Sorry. relatively. Um, no, 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 no. I was must not. And so with your um uh, in your journey, one thing that I did want to ask more about. Oh, that that was it. So um now it's I feel like there's kind of you went through the hero's journey. I mean, really cool story of your hero's journey and coming back and all that stuff. Um 
how you operated before when you're growing your Instagram business versus how you operate now, different drivers, right? Yep. And I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs um, and it's really interesting because again, once, once you have the money and you experience the money, you realize like, okay, that this is not all that there is like, yep. there's, there's more to this. Yep. Um, and I feel like that's when the search for money turns into the search of meaning. Yep. Um, how do you, uh, you touched on this a little bit, but I want you to dive in a little bit more. You operate, or maybe this, the answer is you operate differently this time based on your sets of belief where before it was yeah, not, not good beliefs. Right. Is that basically it? Uh, before it was all about me. Yep. Hmm. And it was, I was insecure. I wasn't enough. And I was going to show the world that I was, and I had a lot of people to prove wrong. And it was, uh, my definition of success was fame and money. And so the more fame and money you had, the more successful you, I was as a human being, my value came from the things that I accomplished, not me as a person. Right. So my only value into the world was what I could like, what external things I could produce. Right. And so that drove every decision. And now, um, it does not come from a place of, of being all about me. It is, um, all about who I've been called to be. Right. Um, and so like, I've been called to be a follower of Christ and a servant of Christ. I've been called to use my talents wisely. Right. And so that's the, that's the, the shift. And I would say it's, you know, it's interesting, like money is very, very relative. Um, like, you know, some people are like, you're a peasant and broke. And some people are like, you're so rich. And I'm just like, I don't know, I'm just me, whatever. Right. Like th this, I think one of the things that I was very blessed with early on was I had a lot of success in my eyes of, of like what it was. Um, and like, you know, I've lost a bunch of money, you know, at, at times made stupid with it, whatever. I've been very, 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 very fortunate. Thankfully at large part, I think to the, um, the wisdom of my parents to teach me this early on and me for not forgetting it is I've been very fortunate to surround myself with smart people, with wise people, people with wisdom, like Brunson, like Brad Gibb, like my pastor, right? Like people that are like grounded in morals and values. And I think one of the things that helped me early on was I got to be around a lot of people that were way wealthy and like were not people I wanted to become like at all. And then I got to be around people like Brad Gibb and Russell Brunson. And I got to look at them and go, oh, here's what it looks like to also have this with family and like with this, like these deeper things, right? And, you know, I, I look at Russell's life, I look at Brad's life and I, you know, I'm not here to judge them or like do anything or theirs, but like they are, they're definitely living in the, the, the blessing of, of their parents. Right. Same with me. Right. My dad breaking the cycles and like this. And so when you like get to see that and you get to see what life can be like when you make wise decisions and not just chase money, I think I learned that all things considered at a pretty young age and without having to go through as much financial loss or, you know, like struggle of like, like I didn't make tens of millions of dollars and buy yachts. Right. Like I got to the point where I was like, I flew first class and stayed in some five-star hotels. That's different. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then I figured out like that. I never got into the drug game. I never got into the girl game. I never got into the alcohol game. Like I was very fortunate to avoid a lot of the pain that a lot of people have to go through because of, you know, how I was taught and the people that I surrounded myself with. Yeah. Yeah. And what are the non-negotiables for whole life success? Not just the money, but whole life success, like the Russell Brunson and the Brad Gibb and the, you know, the people who you look at and you, which honestly, nowadays, it's probably more impressive to have family success than business is, success. Yeah. And so yeah. what are your non-negotiables and like whole life success? Um, one is like your relationship with God, like your personal personal relationship with, with, um, the creator. Now I believe that's Jesus, but it just in general, right? If you don't have a deep personal relationship with God and like have a life that's devoted to following him, I find it very difficult to take success from you, uh, advice from you at all, or like even to look at you as a successful human being, not to look down. I'm just like, I just, you know what I mean? So I think that's number one, that's number one, non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, number two is the relationship with your spouse. Um, I, and I think people are like, oh yeah, like have a good relationship with your spouse or like stay together. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, like actually like how do you and your spouse operate together? Right? Like how, like, are you growing together? Like, what does that look like? 
like I just I see how some people talk about their spouse or they talk about just relationships in general. And I'm like, what are you even like? I can't even fathom what you're saying right now. Right. I'm like, my wife is a non-negotiable end of story. Right. Like cheating or like like putting the business over her like like I don't even understand. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so like having that, I'm like, my wife brings me so much wisdom and like me investing in her and us working on our relationship together, like men and women, like that relationship, that is what we were designed. Like it says, even in the Bible, like, I'm not saying if you're not married, like you're sinning in any way, but like the Bible like, it's not good for a man to be alone. Right. And it's like, like to, to have a committed, committed relationship, um, is definitely a non-negotiable. Right. Or like value that and be like being about that. Yeah. Um, I'm about to have my first kid or due in about a month and a half, which will be very, very exciting. Congrats, man. That's exciting. I imagine that is going to be one of the non-negotiables as well. I already know like that I've seen that, that that's something that I definitely respect. Um, and I, so I would say father, uh, fatherhood, just being a parent. I, I saw that lived out very well with my dad and my older brother before he passed. And so that's something I definitely, you know, plan on modeling. And like, I already love our, whoever having a little girl. It's going to be so, I'm so excited, dude. I'm so pumped. Um, but I, I don't know how much I can actually speak to that yet because I haven't been through it. Um, and then I think the fourth, like the, 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 the next non-negotiable is I actually really do, like I very strongly believe that you have to commit to like, like you have to commit to like growth and becoming and like, like, a, not achievement in the sense of like what you do, but like you, you have been given a set of talents and a set of gifts in your life. Right. And there's always, you know, the, pa the parable of the talent in the Bible, right. You know, I don't know if you know, uh, yeah. do you know how much a talent it is? Oh, I've heard it before, but I can't remember. Off the top yeah. It's of like, head. it's like a lifetime of wages, right? Like oh, one talent. It's like a, like a, some people say it was even like a billion dollars, right? It was like, it's like a lifetime of wages. And so like, it's interesting because you can take that and be like, oh, money, right? But I also can think that that can be used as a different analogy to say like, hey, you've been given a lifetime of talent. Don't waste it, right? And so like, I don't care if you're in business. I don't care if you have a job. I don't care if you're a mom. I don't care if you're a missionary. I don't care if you want to be the best bed, uh, bread baker, right? But there needs to be a fire inside of you to just be committed to become. And at first, I, the reason I thought that is just because like, I was just driven and motivated and you know, like all the things. And I would look around at other people and be like, why aren't you? But I went through a phase where I wasn't. I went through a phase of my life where I like lost that fire and desire. And interesting things started happening. It's like the one, uh, my, my pastor, he would say, he was like, the devil doesn't uh, like you, or the devil uh, doesn't need you to be doing bad things. He just needs you to be bored, hmm. right? Yep. And it's like, when you're bored, all of a sudden, like things start to, like you start to focus on the wrong things, right? Yeah. And so part of like being driven is not allowing yourself to like, to even look at like whatever it is, whether that's another man's wife or gluttony or like just not like being a piece of crap dad or like cheating, like stealing, theft, like whatever. Like you don't even have time for those things when you're driven and motivated, right? It's just like not even an option. You just are, are like committed. And when you're forcing yourself to grow, to become, I think you do have a deeper understanding of, of Christ and, uh, and, and, uh, and of life and of, of business and of people and of understanding, right? And so like, honestly, the number one thing that frustrates me more than anything else with people is people that complain about their life and then don't do anything about it, mm -hmm. right? I'm just like, yo, you wanna know the number one definition of a loser in my book? That, right? So I don't care what you do. I think those are the kind of the marks of a non-negotiable. It's like, you got to love God and like have a, a relationship with a higher power. Um, number two is you've got to, you've got to be committed to your spouse, right? Uh, this number three is you've got to understand um, family and your responsibility as a, as a father, as a mother, as an uncle, as an aunt, right? Just as a, as a, as a leader, right? And then a fourth is like, you got to be driven to become in life. I think those are like non-negotiables across the board. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. And if you can tie in there real quick, um, with that, how you knew, so you worked with this mind coach, how'd you get your fire back and what, how did you know which business to do mm -hmm. after you'd kind of lost all that? And then how did you build the business that provides you freedom to do all these things? Yep. So one of the be best, like one of the things I, I say to people is if you have found the thing in life that you are just like love and committed to and are all about, like you're one of the, you have one of the best gifts that you could have possibly been handed to you, right? 
um, because that's hard. A lot of people don't, right? And I used to think like I, I used to I used to have it because it was like I just wanted money, success, and fame, right? Like that's it. That's all that mattered, right? And so I was just like driven to that. But after Katie, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I like it sucked because I'm like if I just knew, right? If I could just recommit and just cut off all, every other option. Right. Just like, just tell me, like, what, what's the thing that I need to like go out and figure out. Right. Yeah. And I think that as entrepreneurs and I don't want to make a, a broad blanket statement, but the more, the more that I speak with entrepreneurs and the more I speak to people like you and I, right. Um, the more I find this to be true. And this was definitely true for me, which was oftentimes we don't actually want a business. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to build businesses. We want the feeling of accomplishment, impact, financial success or whatever that that brings. And we don't know that there's any other path to get us there. That make sense? Mm -hmm. And so when I got done with Katie or like when I was, you know, like working with Katie and trying to get that back, I didn't know. And so one of the things that Katie told me to do, she's like, okay, well, what do you know that you want? Right? Like what, what do you actually want? And it was the craziest thing, dude, because it was so ridiculously hard for me to admit to myself when I was like writing down the list of the things that I wanted, that some of the things that I always, always thought that I wanted that deemed really like so successful weren't on that list. Like, I didn't even believe the list was right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because wow. I'm like, you know, the, the, oh, the fame or the this or whatever, whatever. I'm like, the things that I'm certain of like, dude, my first list, like when I actually like, got clear on it, I was like, I want to have enough money in my life to where money is never an issue on a day-to-day -day basis, right? That was one, okay? Two, I want to have a deeply committed relationship with my wife and a lifestyle that will allow me to have time to make her a priority, right? Three, I want to study philosophy and psychology and religion and like Jesus and like, you know, like for long periods of time. And like, what wasn't on that list was like, speak on stages and like have fame and like what, oh, the one more was like, I wanted to have deep, meaningful uh, conversations with people, right? Like you look at that list and you go, how do you build a business out of that? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sure, you can sell yeah. a lifestyle coaching business. Like you should prioritize. But it's like, yeah. what? Right? And so the process of, of this for me was, it was interesting because I actually had to learn, like I, I, I looked at those categories and I went, well, which one related to money? Well, I want to have enough money. So what's that number, right? Whatever the thing was, right? And I was like, okay, I actually have to now go and learn what it means to make money. Not what it means to sell a product, but like what, how is like this and like how is value created into this world, right? And it, the most fascinating part about this entire process and this journey was, is that I, when I actually sat down and I actually mapped out what I wanted my life to look like, I had no idea what the big thing that I was wanting to do for the rest of my life was. I do now more so, like not perfectly clear, but a lot more now. By the time I didn't, right? But what I realized was I definitely didn't want a business, right? I definitely did not want a big, massive team of people and to do stuff that I hated to do, whatever. And I was like, okay, I just got to figure out how to solve a problem for someone and get paid for it and create that enough to be able to fund the rest of the life over here. And you know, yeah. what's fascinating is in the process of doing that, like, that is how I figured out the rest of it. But like, I learned this from Sam Ovens. You know Sam Ovens? Yeah. Okay, so I was in his mastermind. One of the smartest dudes, like just with, for an entrepreneur, from an entrepreneurial perspective, that guy's mind is just another level, right? And we're sitting there and we're in this big you know, mastermind thing. We all paid like $36,000 to be in there or whatever. And this one guy is like telling Sam, he's like, I want to go do this thing. And I'm trying to build this thing or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And Sam like looks at me and goes, so like, why don't you just go do that? Like, why do you still have this other business over here? Right. And he goes, why well, don't have the money for it? And Sam goes, well, how much money do you have? And the guy goes, well, I have about 60 days worth of runway left in my business. And dude, I swear you could have heard a pin drop. Right. And like, Sam just looks at him and he's like, dude, if I had less than a million dollars in liquid cash in my bank account, I would freak out. You do not even have the freedom to think unless you have like a hundred grand in the bank. Right. And it was like, he's like, you can build nothing long term. You cannot think long term. Right. Like you can only think as long as the end of your bank account. That's as mm -hmm. far as you can see clearly. Right. And so he's like, you know, 
until, you know, you have so much and then it's, you know, that far out, everything's going to change. Right. And so it was like, when I look at my life now and I look at what I'm building and like I'm working on a design now, it was not physically possible. It was not physically possible for me to go and have the clarity and like have the thoughts and the view that I had when I didn't have, my, like when I was stuck, like when I was down there, as I do now, I couldn't have come to those conclusions. Right. And so I think the most important thing for entrepreneurs is like, I always say like, if you don't have a hundred grand in the bank, like what the actual F are you doing right now? Like go get a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Like screw your feelings, screw it. Like makes you feel good. Screw it, like, Oh, your passion project or whatever. You, you don't get to think you don't, like you don't get to have that freedom yet. Right. Mm -hmm. Like go get some money so you can think. So you don't have to worry about paying the bills. Right. And so when it comes to creating a life of freedom, I call it level one freedom. Right. And it's like level one freedom says, I don't have to worry about bills on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. It's the equivalent of roughly like a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. And like, don't think about building a business. You don't even know what that means. Right. Cause you can't think past a week from now. Right. Don't focus on building a business. Do not focus on trying to go create a massive amount of impact. Don't focus on doing any of those things. Just go focus on getting hundred grand in the bank. Like just go focus on getting to that level one freedom to where you can actually take a weekend or a week or a month and like go take some time off and figure yourself out and figure out where you're wanting to go and do. And so one of the things, like the thing that I do is I teach people how to get clients with podcasts and basically build, I don't like the term lifestyle business because that's, it's not accurate, right? But it's to build a platform via a podcast that allows you to explore and do and create and like build relationships with people and also turn them into very high ticket clients, like 25,000 all the way up to like six figures, right? Like for a singular client, like six figures, right? And the reason I like the model so much is it's not the most scalable model, right? Like you're not going to probably scale it to maybe 2 million, 3 million bucks tops, right? Before we cap out. But what it does is it allows you to create a life and you create a world, create a thing where it's like, you don't have to have a business. You literally just have to know how to solve a problem. And if you just know how to solve a problem, this is allows you to build your relationships, build your network, build your influence, get around people with money, expand your worldview, expand your brand, and turn those people into clients so you can pay your bills and get to that hundred thousand dollar mark. You know what I'm saying? And I think that like my life changed, like fundamentally, the way I saw the world. I mean, it changed when I first made my first ten thousand dollars in a day before, right? Like like my first high ticket sale ever. It changed when I made a hundred thousand dollars in a day before. And it changed drastically. Like the singular biggest shift of it is when I had $100,000 in my bank account and I owed it, oh, nobody anything, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, that is where like, I was like, I can figure out like who I'm supposed to be. I can go take, I took a month off, right? I took almost two months off, right? And just went and like, went and talked to Brad Gibb and hung out with him and like studied that world and was like, okay, do I want to do this? I took some time. I took my wife on a, a, a trip and we spent a week, you know, 10 days, right? Going and this is like hanging out, no phones, no like business. Why? Because I had the freedom to go and do it. But a business doesn't allow you to do that, right? Mm -hmm. It's certainly not, in, certainly not in the startup phases, right? And so I think that for most entrepreneurs, if you're lucky enough to know the business that you want to get into and you know you had a business, maybe you had good mentors, good coach, you know, great. I'm not talking to you right? By all means, like keep doing your thing. But for the rest of us, idiots like me, right? Like I think that the, you need to build a life of freedom before you build a business and not like $50 million freedom, level one freedom. And I don't think there's a better model out there than having a, a, a show, right? I, I really don't. Uh, because I, if you know how to turn those, you know, the network and things into clients, but that's, that's how you build a life of freedom is you figure out how to solve a problem. You put your head down and you go, I don't care about my feelings. I'm going to go solve some people's problems until I get hundred grand in the bank. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. which, which requires this. You only have to have one skill. So one skill, literally one. Yeah. Yeah. And you can learn it. Um, tell us more about the, I know we're running up on time here. Tell us more about um, your podcast challenge that you have coming up and how you help people get clients through podcasts. Yeah. So we have a challenge coming up. Um, I'm actually, do you know Dan Henry? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's actually, actually, so I should have mentioned this at the very beginning, but I've, I've heard of you. Um, but I'm in Dan's, one of Dan's groups and he posted something. He's like, Hey, you know, uh, Josh has spent a hundred thousand dollars to come to my house in Costa Rica. He did a podcast episode about it. You should go listen to it. And I'm like, Oh, dope. I'd love to hear what, you know, Josh learned from Dan and paying him a hundred thousand dollars. And then when I ran into you at funnel hiking live, I was like, Ooh, I gotta, gotta ask him. So yeah, I know Dan. Cool. 
Yeah. So that, yeah, I paid him a hundred thousand dollars to go hang out with him for two days. Um, he's actually going to come in. He's, he, he's kind of helped me put the whole thing together in the sense of like, you should always hire coaches, right? You're in, you're in your, you're in your own head, head too much when you try to do it yourself, right? For your own stuff. Um, but so it'll be, it'll be five days it's called podcast to profits challenge. And the whole premise of it is to, um, get high tech clients with, with, with the show. Um, but more so than that, like just to, to build a platform and to build a, a brand that allows you to go and to, like, it's basically an extension of you, right? Like, uh, uh, of who you are and what you're doing, the people you want to get around. And, th but then also I've just found that in business, we should, you, most people make decisions based on money in business as they should. Right. And so people, it's hard to justify doing something if it, there's not monetary success with it. And so, um, I, I made, um, it's actually more, but like, I can actually prove with screenshots and like actual data, like records or whatever, um, 1.2 million bucks, uh, in client sales over about an 18 month period with, with my show, no ads, no funnels. Like I just, just doing marketing and just did that. And so the, the premise of that, that is to build, to do that is to, to get high ticket clients with the show to, to build the podcast and the, the real meaning behind it though. And, and we'll share a lot more of this and kind of the vision on the, on the actual challenge though, is I, I want, like, I specifically feel called to entrepreneurs. Okay. Like, dude, I'll tell you what, like Kevin, it is amazing to me. Like how many people are not entrepreneurs and how many people don't think like us. And like you hang out with entrepreneurs like for like for a long time and you're like, oh, we all suck. And then you get out of the real world, like, nope, nope, we're still amazing. Yep, entrepreneurs are still awesome. <laughs> right. Like the, but like I really desire to help entrepreneurs be free. And I believe that I like I am not the most financially successful person, right? Um, at all, right? But there are very few people that I would trade places with in life. And I want to be like so clear on this. It's like not because I'm smart, great, talented, or anything. I just I was able to surround myself with very smart people early on. Right. Like I cannot take credit for this, but like the, the Brad Gibbs, the Russell Brunson's, the Dan Henry's, the, the, the Katie Richardson's, the Sam ovens, like the people that taught like my pastors, like multiple different pastors, people growing up, right. Of like what it meant to be free and like what it meant to live a fulfilling life. And, you know, I'm 29, I'll be 30 in February. And I look at how trapped people are. And I just want to like, look at them and be like, dude, you can be free. Like you don't have to deal with all this bullshit right? Like you don't have to, like you can stop, like you can go and fix your life. You can go and like mend relationships. Like it's okay to take time to go and do this. this there's no, there's no amount of success that will make up for the pain of the trauma or the, the, the hardship that is driving you to go and achieve it. There's just not right. And if you go and solve those things, you're going to be able to have this much bigger impact. But like, I had so much guilt, dude, I had so much guilt in fixing myself. I had so much guilt accepting this fact of like, wait a second, how, how is it that I'm able to figure this out? And somebody else isn't, how is it that I'm able to like, why is it? And it's like, like Katie had to work through me with that. Right. And it was like this, but it's like, I want people to know that they can be free. And I want people to know that there's a different path in life, right? Whether you're an 18 year old or a 25 year old, that's like, you know, considering college or like this path and you're just trying to get out of it, or you're, you're 30 or 40 and you're trapped in the business that you hate or anything in between where you're just like, I don't know. I don't even know. I, I make good money, but I'm stuck. I, I I can't get out of it. Like I want people to know that there is a different option in this world, and that it, that having a podcast is, I believe, the very best vehicle to go and doing that. And don't think of it as like, oh, oh, the podcast is some magical thing. It's just like what it allows you to do. I'll break the whole thing down on, on the actual challenge, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like it gives you this platform to create a life where you get to be you. And I believe we're entering some very hard times, right? Like I think. And I don't mean just economically, all right? That, that might hold up. But like you look at the world today. I live in Denver. There, I don't think there's a more confused society in the world today than Denver, Colorado, dude. Yeah, nobody knows true. their sexuality. Nobody knows their parents. Nobody knows that. Like we're entering a very dark time and institutions aren't going to save us, right? Family, uh, yeah. Families sorry. are breaking down. Families are breaking down. Institutions aren't going to save us. The church has failed, right? And like, I love my church. I love my church. But like most churches suck. I grew up, in, you know what I mean? Like I get it. And it's like, what is going to be a force for good is entrepreneurs and people that have created a life where they can figure out who the heck they are, to figure out the relationship with God, figure out the relationship with their spouse, figure out the relationship with their kids. Like they can become a powerful person. And most people don't have that. And I really do believe that I have found something, not by my, like not by, because I'm so talented, but by the grace of God and by the people I've surrounded myself with, I believe I, 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 have, I have something to offer this world that allows people a literal different life. Not like a, oh, make more money and you can like, go out and buy private jets or like, no, no, I'm talking like a literal transformation at a core level to create an environment that allows for that to happen. So that's what the podcast to profits challenge is really about. Um, if you go to the landing page, what it's about is getting high ticket clients with the podcast. Cause that's what sells tickets, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but that's, that's, that's what it is.
And what's the link? Profits to or uh, josh40.com. So it's my website. So josh40.com slash podcast challenge. Cool. Just podcast challenge. Yep. Podcast challenge. Um, there's the general admission. There's VIP. Um, I obviously recommend VIP because you get, you know, Q and A's and get to hang out with us and all that. Cause it's way cooler. VIP is the best. Um, but yeah, josh40.com slash podcast challenge. Cool. Now yep. I highly recommend everyone go check it out. Um, podcast has been one of the coolest things for me, being able to interview people like you and, um, Ryan Pineda and, oh man, we've had a bunch That's of cool. cool people, Sean Cannell and yeah, a bunch of cool people. Nice. So is Sean uh, pretty dope. Oh, Sean's a stud. I, you, you guys would hit it off super well. Actually. Yeah. I, I want to get him on the show at some point. Let me know. I can connect you with, uh, I appreciate that. I will definitely take you up on that. Yeah. So, uh, everyone listening to this should go register for it. Go check out Josh, go check out his, um, Instagram channel. And, uh, last question. I know we're up on time. Yeah. What, we're good. what does the fight against mediocrity mean to you? Mm. I'm gonna take a little bit of a different twist if that's cool. Yeah. Uh, on that actual question. When God created the world, God created the Garden of Eden and it was perfection. And it was, um, it was a perfect, right? There was no sin. We had communion and fellowship. And when Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned, which by the way, if you go to Revelation, the last like two chapters of the Bible are the same as the first two. God's bringing Garden of Eden back to earth and completing, bringing it full circle. But when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, we fell. It was the fall of man, right? And we fell and average is clearly a, a, a drop, right? And, you know, in life, I feel like we have been given these talents and we have been given these, this amazing, amazing ability to go and create and to achieve and to do and to become and to live and to serve and to like all of those things. And the way that we experience Christ, the way that we experience God, the way that we experience really what life is, is this, this concept of growth and of just challenging ourselves and all of that. And most people, majority of people never do that. Most people, average people, right? They sit around and they take the easy way out and they have these beliefs that if they, you have to do hard things or like whatever, that somehow that's bad, right? And so the fight against mediocrity and average to me is a, it is a, like a moral negligence to your calling because like you were not called to be mediocre or mediocre. You were not called to be average. You were called to be who you were called to be. Right. And so I personally believe, and I know it's a strong stance, but at least for me, uh, it would be neglecting my moral duty as a man and my moral duty to become who I've been called to be, to live in mediocrity. No. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I love that you tied it back to, um, God, because at the end of the day, where his like going back to the very beginning of who you are, we are children of God and God is period. Excellent. He wants us to become just like him. So if you don't know, sharing, yeah. if you don't know Jesus, can I, can I go like 30 second rant really quick? Dude, of course I'm, I'm good on time. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I am not someone like I, I grew up, I, I grew up in church. Don't get me wrong on all that, but I, I hated when G people would throw Jesus at people. Right. And like Bible thumper, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell type of deal. Like you're a terrible person or whatever. That is not the Jesus I serve. That's not the message of Jesus. It is not, don't, if you don't believe in me, it's going to hell. It is, if you don't know Jesus and you don't have not experienced who he is and what he has to offer, it is the message of life. It is the message of salvation. It is the message of like getting to have communion with the most powerful creator of all time, the ruler of all rulers that wants to be your friend that saved you. And if you don't know Jesus, and you have a version or a uh, you've heard the story of Jesus as he's this judgmental person, or if you don't believe in him, like you're going to hell or there's all these rules or all those things. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. Right. Like that's not, that's not him. That's not Jesus. That is not, that's not what the Bible says. That's not who he says he is. And so I would just encourage you, like there is nothing, there is nothing in this world that remotely comes close. And like, I've seen a lot of stuff. I've been very fortunate to travel a lot of places and be around a lot of wealth and a lot of people that have it. There is nothing that remotely, remotely comes close to having a relationship with Jesus where you serve him 
and you know that he is your friend, he is your God, he is your savior, he is the king, and like he genuinely wants what's best for you. And so if you are what listening right now and like you're like, ah, Jesus, 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 I'm not trying to force him down your throat, right? But if you imagine, imagine you found trillions of dollars in gold, like more gold than you could possibly know what to do with. And in that gold, it was all of life of abundance. And you knew about it. And there was all these people out there struggling that didn't know about it. Wouldn't you want to tell all of your friends, all the people that you knew that like they could come over here and be like, oh my gosh, you get to experience like the most abundant, like, all you have to do is just like, get it. It's free. You just go take it. You just accept it. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you want them to know? Like, that's what I feel like with Jesus. It has nothing to do with the rules or like what you can't do. And it's all about like what he can do for you. And it is magnificent. So that is my, that's my Jesus pitch to you. Don't go study religion. Don't go study. <clears throat> don't go listen to pastors. Like go get to know Jesus. And I promise you your life will change. Yeah. Also Amen. come to my challenge. No, <laughs> Stamp. We come to my challenge. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about Jesus there. Yeah. Love it, dude. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Josh. Yeah, man. I super appreciate you having me on and uh, being open to having these type of conversations. Of course. Man, on a mission, I'm a kid, you know I be on a way.